Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode number four of our podcast, Seasonal Explorations. I am here with my dear friend, Eva Cristina, and we're super excited to bring this new juicy episode to you today. Hello, my dear friend, Eva, uh, Alia. <laughs> my dear friend, Eva. First, befriend yourself, then befriend the other. <laughs> well, the perfect example of that. Yeah, call me by my name. <laughs> Welcome all of the new people entering our seasonal exploration space and good day to our old pals. Uh, to those of you just tuning in for the first time or a little confused with the ass of this podcast, <laughs> um, what Aya and me are exploring here are we go through different astrological seasons and we derive the core themes that the archetype, the zodiac sign that is assigned to this season kind of represents. And so then I come with my woo-woo astrological energetic things and Alia brings in more groundedness, practicality, because um, for those of you that don't know, our good pal <laughs> Alia, she is just finishing her PhD study in neuroscience and also studies Ayurveda, among other things, of course. <laughs> According to human design as a good manifesting generator, I love to jump amongst 50 different things that interest me. So yes, indeed. <laughs> Thank you. Cheers to that. Cheers, Cheers to that. To that. <laughs> yes. However, in this fourth episode of the podcast, it is so suitable because in numerology, number four represents structure. And today we are diving to the core themes of the Capricorn season. And Capricorn does stand for traditional structures. So to start the episode, let's bring that structure forward, shall we? So today we are going to explore this topic again, a little bit similar to the previous episode, which if you haven't heard yet, it's a bomb, um, through our personal experiences. And when we talk about Capricorn, some of the major themes that are coming up are, you know, success and discipline, ambition, mm. structure, hierarchy, career, authority, so sexy. many more things, <laughs> super sexy, totally sexy. And Actually, we figure that our personal, despite the fact we're very young, our careers so far have actually evolved quite interestingly from what could be called somewhat of a lower expression of this Capricorn archetype or being stuck in a system or systems that carry the signature of a lower expression towards what we're leaning into now, which is still, I think for both of us, quite a growing edge, but taking this higher expression of Cap Capricorn that we're gonna talk about and applying it to how we want to move forward in our career paths and how we want to evolve. So do you want to tell us a little bit more about Capricorn and first just to start us off in astrological sort of realms? How does it work? What is this archetype? What are its important properties? Yeah, you know, it's so interesting. I oftentimes hear how people get confused about Capricorn and even people with significant Capricorn places would say that they don't understand those parts of them or the parts of those charts and you know I get it 
the thing with Capricorn archetype is that it wants to be practical. It plays on the realistic note and kind of appreciates the more traditional aspects of life. Or at least this is the energetic representation of the Capricorn energy. We often connect Capricorn with um, themes, topics like success, ambition, commitment, responsibility. And so even our attitudes towards authority, all the things that are super alive in the modern world, yet we, uh, we don't really understand them, I think. We just play on this conditioned notes and this traditional structures is what we get to question with the Capricorn themes. And so just astrologically speaking, we're gonna be looking at some yeah, common traits that Capricorn represents, but also connected to the 10th house of the Zodiac that is connected to our career path. And also some respectable achievements and the recognition that we get from our work or the impact that we have in the world that is then correlated to the meet heaven, which is a point that we'll discuss more later on. And then Saturn, <laughs> the cold daddy of the planets comes along and shows us where we put, we, we either have to or naturally already put in the hard work. And then what does that even mean? So this is kind of the playground that we're tapping into today. Yeah, I mean, this is, it's a big topic. Um, you know, it's just, when I started to learn a little bit about astrology, which is now a while ago, you get across, you know, go, you go across the wheel and you're like, that's a cool sign. That's a cool sign. That's a really cool sign. And then I got to Capricorn. I was like, that's boring. Like, what is this <laughs> sign? Like, what is this? you know, structure, hierarchy, tradition. Um, <laughs> and to me, I think the more I'm kind of like diving now into these topics with you is this realization that I think a lot of the time what we know is a certain sign is actually its lower expression, mm. not its potential. And with Capricorn, I think it's really necessary to look at how this energy mostly behaves in our society these days. Mm -hmm. And I've seen this a lot through the system that I'm in, which is academia, which is very hierarchical, very patriarchal. And Capricorn ruled by Saturn, right? The, the word you used before was the word cold, cold daddy of the zodiac, right? And just the way we like that. No, okay. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> but the thing is that this is exactly the kind of sense I... Um, got when I was reading about this energy you know it just felt so distant and cold and impersonal there was no room for like the lovey dovey nice sort of soft feminine things yeah. right it appeared so harsh and when you look at a lot of the systems in our society that's how they're structured they're structured based on completely just analytical side of things there's no space for emotions mm -hmm. Um, and this is how I used to perceive of Capricorn energy before. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and I think, <laughs> I mean, we're diving right in, but as a society and individuals, we have been so traumatized that we started to romanticize emotionally unavailable 
there's something kinky about the Capricorn's um, energy. And it is, it comes across as this serious, this uh, focused, grounded, stable, practical. Mature. Mature, yeah, for sure. But it is, <clears throat> we rely on structures and traditional way of functioning to give us the answers, right? We rely on the logic and the practical evidences. Um, and with that, we often dissociate from our emotions and our intuitions. And this is where Capricorn can struggle. The need to, for the things to make sense, yeah, that re to, to uh, re relying on the common sense without actually questioning the common sense. <laughs> yeah. And because it believes in efficiency and discernment, uh, it can then struggle with emotional expression because emotions are far from logical, efficient. Yeah, so the way I see it as well is that, you know, it's along the lines of what you've been saying, Capricorn, this energy is all purely analytical. So there's no room for anything that can't be touched, seen, and understood, right? And, and that is an important thing is understood with the systems we have at this moment, right? Mm. So it has to get, this is this traditional way of looking at things. It has to follow something that needs to be measurable or it needs to fall within a certain framework that we have already come up with and things like emotions i mean this is I, I feel like this is such a nice representation of it right what do most of us do when we get emotional we try to rationalize it we try to explain to ourselves why do emotions arise like you wake up in the morning you're sad there's potentially no objective reason for you to be sad but you are yeah and in a society that understands emotions and when we understand our individual way of dealing with emotions because we are all different for a huge percentage of people emotions are just a constant wave that comes and goes right and you may wake up in the morning you may be upset and there's absolutely no reason you need to know why there may not, not be an explanation of it but most people will then put their minds to work to find a reason for why this is happening and they will look for blaming other people they will try to rationalize it and explain it and this is what I really associate with this Capricorn energy when I see it as well. It's like almost, oh my God, my world is collapsing. I'm emotional. Yeah. And then emotions come in as distractions. And that's the thing. Emotions are here to be felt, to be experienced. This is where feeling and being with what is becomes revolutionary in today's age, in this capitalistic society in the production based focused world and yeah it's a real trick for to not go into fixing and looking for solutions right away because the capricorn energy is the one that strives for action it wants to apply everything in a practical way and whenever emotions kick in, you know, how willing are we to be vulnerable? How capable are we of being vulnerable? And this is where the new paradigm comes in, which we are kind of going to lead this conversation towards. Yeah, it's it, totally. I mean, this is, again, 
as you know, I've been really nerding out about human design recently, right? <laughs> like it's been just incredible. Like I've been diving so deep and an amazing thing there is, right? That the um, center that is the emotional center, it's at the same time, the center for spirit awareness mm. through our emotions that we can actually expand our awareness and mm. get to know the spirit, which is, something that we're trying to avoid so much in our society right being with our emotions sitting with them and allowing also taking our time to sit with our emotions and not make decisions when we are in an emotional wave and this again goes very much against the lower expression of this capricorn energy which is like i must get things done and emotions are just a distraction yeah Absolutely. What is interesting about Capricorn is that it is symbolized by a goatfish or sea goat. Sea goat. I love that. I can just imagine yeah. a goat on a beach chilling, being like, Bleh. basically, yeah. The representation here is that this goat has one leg on the ground, on the rock, being grounded, and the other one in the water. And the water represents emotions. So being tuned in with our emotional processes, this is where I see, we see this new paradigm of these Capricorn topics of success, ambition, leading our businesses, progression of our career paths. And you know, we hear a lot nowadays about the body-based business, feminine leadership, working in more intuitively, setting up new structures that are gonna serve us, not limit us. And then also starting new traditions that honor our cyclical nature, especially for women. You know, this is now a huge shift. And I would like to maybe now dive into our own experiences of these concepts. So where we're coming from, where in our businesses do we feel like we're now and what is the direction that we want to take? So I'm really curious, Alia, <laughs> how would you tell the story of your first steps in your professional path? Yeah, um, you know, I was until very recently very much immersed in extremely traditional scientific culture, which there's not really very many paths you can take within it. I mean, it's really quite A to B to C to D. It's very linear. You go to school, you go to high school, you go to university, and then ideally you go on to do a PhD straight away. Um, even people who take a break in between or God forbid go into industry, it will be much harder to return back in because you will be seen already as an outcast mm. because you didn't follow the traditional way of getting there. So it's such a perfect example of this Capricorn, like very, um, how to call it, constrictive side of it, you know, like very precise. So I followed that um, and I did neuroscience for four years for my bachelor's and master's in London. And looking back, there were many things I really disliked about it all along. I've never been a person for traditional ways of doing things. Um, it didn't really vibe with me. I like, I'm obsessed, may I call it like this, with finding 
improvements that are possible within systems. Like this is really one of the things. Meet heaven in Virgo, ladies <clears throat> and gentlemen. <laughs> Shut up. No, it's true. It's true. Um, and so, you know, I had a lot of criticism back then and a lot of things that I didn't like about it. But for the longest time, I was going with it because that's what I knew. Right. That was the only path. And I mean, this is this, this I feel like such is such a problem because within a lot of these systems, there aren't any alternatives that have been created so far. Like I look at the academic system and all of my friends that want to stay in academia, there's basically one route you can take. Mm-hmm. You don't have options. You don't have possibilities to really explore and find your own way of getting there. It's like you do your PhD and your postdoc, and hopefully you publish some really good papers. You have some really amazing publications, and then you start applying for positions. And you know, good yeah. luck. God, be- God bless you. Hopefully, you get something. Like who knows? And this this is where injustice then just deepens and deepens when we are given the structures that are designed to execute certain groups of people Mm, mm. yeah i mean this is you know science also one thing i'm really becoming so clear on is the fact this is a bit of a tangent but not really size is very expensive you know what we're doing it's very very expensive like this is absolute insanity you know we put in orders um in amounts of thousands of euros on a weekly basis and the truth is, you can't compete if you're not within part of the system that gets you money. People from third world countries, no freaking way. Even a lot of the labs where I was before at UCL, which is one of the best institutes for neuroscience in Europe, actually one of the best in the world, there were labs that couldn't afford anything. So there's no way you can compete with the big players in the game. And, and you just simply don't get opportunities a lot of the time. So there are so many problems within these kind of systems um, that you can observe. And yeah, I mean, <laughs> trying to change anything within these sort of systems that are very established is really, really challenging, mm-hmm. which is one of the big issues that I see a lot of people struggle with because they would like to change things. They would like things to be different. But the question is when something is so established, where do you even start? Yeah, I I definitely get you here. Higher expression of this energy, it is actually calling us towards building that self-authority. And it comes with creating structures around us that support us. Yeah. But yeah, we also need to recognize that in, in the context of hierarchical structures, this can be more difficult. But then again, someone needs to bring in the change and the fresh wind. And who else if not us? Who else if not you? So how can we be the ones leading that change? Yeah, I mean, it's to me, the more I'm I'm returning back to just we need more individuals who first actually walk the talk, right? Because one thing I see a lot in these systems is it's sometimes quite frustrating you know you see a lot of these talks being done on like more women in science and equality and equity and all of these big power words we're using but it ends there you know it stops there it never actually progresses yes you know you have maybe committee for improving Mm. stuff presumably but when you really look at the action being taken nothing really happens and the truth is you can't force a change until the main players are actually walking the talk, until they are actually doing things that they said they would do. So 
we can't bring more intuitive awareness into these systems until we have individuals who cultivate that regularly themselves. We can have more embodiment. We can have more respect and more cyclical nature until we have players who actually are aware of these parts of our lives. And this is where I am seeing a big issue right now why change is not yet happening because the awareness is still only on the mental level but the embodiment is not really there what have been the main challenges or observations in your career path so far the the stage before i transitioned to my own business <laughs> coming to terms what i actually wanted and what i really didn't like and getting away from it um, that was a big part of this academic part just I think a huge part is the recognition of what we don't like in these systems mm -hmm. and actively looking for a way to do things differently. Mm -hmm. So for me, for example, the way I'm doing this is that, first of all, I'm going to preface this by saying that I'm lucky enough to have a job that gives me some sort of flexibility. But I will, for example, take a day off when I have my first day of my period, you know? So you I'll, yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. Because it's simply something that my body really needs. Mm -hmm. I also, I mean, it's so simple, but one of the big things, one of the big stereotypes of academia is that people work really crazy hours. Mm -hmm. You know, you have people on a PhD salary, which is, by the way, pretty crap, working 80 hour weeks, 60 hour weeks easily. Um, I said no to that at the very beginning. I actually had an interview with another group leader here at the Institute. And he asked me, he literally asked me during the interview, what would be your response if I asked you now to work 60 hours a week for me? Because that's what he wants from his students. And I literally just said, bye. <laughs> you know, and this was the thing I going into the PhD, I knew that I was not going to be doing this. And I stick to that, you know, it's like I am not going to push myself over my limits. Mm. Um, and I'm lucky enough to have a group leader who doesn't push us to do this kind of crazy things. It's kind of like as long as you deliver, things are fine. But this is not a rule. This is actually more of an exception, which is this really like unhealthy expression again of the Capricorn is like just pushing, pushing, pushing mm -hmm. further and not respecting our bodies, right? It's again, living in our minds. And this, yeah. I think for me is an ongoing challenge is moving from my logical mind into my body, into my intuition and giving myself permission to slow down. Mm. That's been huge. Yeah, slow down and listen. Mm -hmm. listen to the body yeah and I think this is the premise of the body-based business this is the term that I received from my coach Ashe Sundara and a lot of the things that I feel like I am now learning and more embodying more around uh, leading my own <laughs> business I still sometimes struggle with using that I word to I totally resonate <laughs> with that it's still kind of like me a CEO yes that's for the cool kids yeah and the thing is we get to redefine it and this is what i've been doing with her truly redefining these core concepts and you know we've always silenced our bodies in order to grow and be successful and achieve and this is where we stop that take a pause and ask what does my body need 
And then we create a schedule around that, like you said. Yeah, what is truly important to me right now? And to the contrary belief, Capricorn is not about pushing, pushing, pushing at its essence. It is an earth sign. It means it is seeking groundedness. It is seeking connection to the earth and connection to our bodies in, in that matter, yeah? Capricorn rules the spine. It is truly what keeps us erect, what keeps us alert, what keeps us standing. So how can we nurture our bodies in a way that we create a sustainable growth and success? Otherwise, we keep hitting those burnouts, right? Yeah, I mean, it's just this, I keep coming back and back to just this simple saying, roots to rise, right? It's mm -hmm. like, if you ever do yoga, roots to rise. Yeah. It's like, there's no rising if you're not actually stably rooted. And you can't be stably rooted in your mind. <laughs> you need your body. No. I think this is, yeah, and I mean, this one thing I've been saying forever, scientists just see their body as a vehicle for their brains, right? Yeah. That's all there is. And we need to move from that. So I would love, I would love to hear, about your journey now give me a little bit about what was your uh -huh. ah, yeah how did you travel from your beginnings to where you are right now <sighs> so honestly you know as a strong scorpio rising with you know mars pluto in the first house i always feel like i've lived so many past lives in this lifetime already <laughs> so i'll try to make it shorter in, at university, in my bachelor, I studied marketing communication and public relations. The decision was quite uh, rapid. It was like, yeah, I love to talk. Let's do it. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, yeah. And now I'm doing my master's in religious studies. So I like to joke that I would be a great cult leader or a new Sheila, you know, Osho's secretary. And as a matter of fact, <laughs> I Googled her the other day and guess what? She's a Capricorn sun. <laughs> Perfect. So even as a student, I was very driven and ambitious, hardworking, you know, this Mars on my ascendant gives me a stamina to just put in the effort, push through. I was great at multitasking, always had too many projects. I know. Yeah, and you know, it is what made me feel good about myself. Mm -hmm. And thinking about it, it's almost like we, they, everyone wants us to be a good Capricorn in life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but then also, this passion that I had uh, for music, um, even though I didn't feel like I was talented enough to be a musician I still wanted to contribute in some ways so then I started to mingle in the music scene and started to volunteer a bunch at different festivals um, and having my meet heaven in Leo and what meet heaven is is kind of like that uh, highest point in our natal charts and it speaks of the impact impact that we have on other people and the world. The meet heaven will represent uh, how we show up for the work, how we get recognized for what we do. And so in Leo, you know, it's gonna be expressive and seen because the ruler is the sun. So 
I was recognized for my efforts and the good work and my heartful commitment. Again, some good Capricorn traits. Uh, <laughs> so I just got really active in the music scene. Um, and I also studied music marketing and management in the Netherlands, really threw myself into it. So from organizing marketing conferences, I switched to organizing festivals and concerts at Metelkova, Kinoshishka, all around. And once the scene opens up, uh, you said before, you know, the manifesting generator <laughs> just wants it all. So, mm -hmm. I was doing a bunch of different stuff from being a band manager to touring with bands around Europe, managing record label, acting as a music journalist, basically to get free passes for festivals around Europe, but also just talking to people about their passions, you know, the musicians, which is what I still kind of do with my astrology coaching practice, just in a different way. So you see the essence stays. Um, but my main focus was actually uh, in organizing festivals. And I was doing that from age 20 to 24. That was yeah, the time frame. And the parallels that I can draw from the marketing and the music industry is that they're both high-driven, ambitious, and competitive environments. And they're as a young woman in the industry, I constantly felt like I need to prove myself. And to do that, I kept putting my masculine side on, you know, to be eye to eye with this old business, music business guys. So I cultivated quite a strong approach, which later on I noticed how it really influenced the way that I relate to men in general, having that need to establish myself as worthy, capable, smart, mature, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it's like you have to hide parts of yourself in order to be accepted in those worlds, right? You can't show certain parts. Mm -hmm. of, I, I totally resonate with that. I mean, it's the same in academia, right? Mm -hmm. Super competitive, harsh environment, like you just have to keep going and going and going yeah and playing roles exactly exactly yeah. and this has been to, to for me that's been one of the things that's been so toxic what you just mentioned is the fact that you have to create this really strong masculine persona in order to be taken seriously yeah. which is just i know no that's <laughs> I'm what not, we're redefining yeah that, that i'm done with that part of my life fuck this shit fuck this shit out yeah, but from that, it also rises this ego power play with constant adre adrenaline rushes mm -hmm. leading into constant burnouts. Mm -hmm. And I had a few by the age of 23. Yeah. <laughs> like no yeah. matter how passionate you are, it, it, your body is just not capable of running in that highs all the time. It's not sustainable. And this, no this notion of always being busy as it's such a cool thing and it makes you a worthy human being, wearing, you know, calling yourself a workaholic as a badge of honor. Wow, how toxic is that? Dude, <laughs> I've, been, I've been saying this forever, okay? Like, whenever I teach my course, because one of the first habits we do is going to bed early, right? And I'm like, guys, lovely. we need a group because no one outside is going to praise you for going to bed early. It's a badge mm. of honor to 
come into the office and say, oh my God, like, I'm so tired. Like I slept only a couple of hours. There's this thing they do apparently in the States in Canada. I learned that from a colleague. Um, they never wash their coffee cups. So you can see how dirty this and the sediment of everything, which signals how strong and how hard you work because you constantly need to drink coffee to keep going. Like, can you imagine? It's like virtue signaling. You don't wash your coffee cup. It's disgusting. Don't do that, guys. I don't even know what to say to that. Right. And that's, but that's like the pinnacle, right? Of just representation of how toxic we have made these systems to be no but for sure you know even like having an unhealthy lifestyle which i definitely did when working in the music industry it's like long hours late hours lots of beer (laughs) i mean it's a sex drugs and rock and roll lifestyle right in whatever intensity but having this unhealthy lifestyle and i see this in many industries it it almost makes feel makes people feel superior because it's like a evidence that you can endure so much oh i totally did that like to such an extent i was a person who was snorting lines of ketamine at one in the morning while watching netflix i would be dropping mdma in the middle of the week with a friend of mine not even for going out just you know for shits and giggles like constantly i was working insane hours I don't think I ever went to bed before like one in the morning throughout my uni years I mean looking back it's just madness what you try to do to prove that you're working hard enough that you're deserving of I don't know like degree good grades which it's not even it's not even about efficiency right this is the part that I came to understand so early on that really drove me nuts when I started looking at the system it's not about actually working well it's just showing that you're constantly working. That's what matters. That's what you're praised That's for. That's not working well. <laughs> no, totally not. I mean, you know, if I can get the amount of work that another person needs to get done in seven hours, I need three hours to do it because I'm not scrolling Facebook. Like I still got the same amount of work done. I just wasn't in the office for 10 hours. But what those people will come and say is like, oh, I was there for 12 hours yesterday. I'm such a good employee. Yeah. Horrible. No, and you know, this is where the yeah, like you mentioned, the drugs come in because being in such intensity of production, I guess, uh, being so disconnected from our emotions, it becomes a way of coping. Totally. Right? There is so much just cocaine, for example, in this high paying positions job because our system is not made, is not yeah made to be in this constant pushing and rush it needs to balance it out what i've also noticed is this fixation on tangible results everyone wants to know the numbers (laughs) i was actually i think it was in 2018 i was at a panel in Macedonia. At a showcase festival, and I was there <laughs> sitting with Dua Lipa's father uh, and some other people at a panel discussing what is success. Mm. And this was just kind of like the beginning of me starting to awaken to wait a second, right? What is this stuff that we are trying to eat ourselves up for? Yeah. 
and I was trying to, I was really young back then, what, that was what, three years ago, I was 23. So I was trying to bring in that definition, the counterbalance of what everyone was saying of the inner emotional fulfillment that comes from just doing what you're passionate about. And what I was getting back was, yes, but we still need to make a living. And that is very valid. But the problem that I see here is that it comes from a place of we need to work. We need to do this. This place of need, which essentially comes from a place of lack and depletion. It's also this belief that you can't simultaneously do what you love, take care of yourself and make a living, right? It's this there's this intrinsic belief, which really is scarcity when you think about it, that something needs to go, right? Either you have your family or you have your career or you are just poor, you know? And this is also something I feel like that is a big shift that's coming that I think both of us, the way we work, we're trying to tell people you can have a phenomenal life by being yourself and doing what you yes. love. And this is actually what we are meant to be doing, but that's not part of the previous paradigm. And it can't be, because if that's a part of the paradigm, then we can't be exploited, right? And that's just the reality. <laughs> Power, authority, control fall away, which is the paradigm we're moving in, right? Like inner authority. But currently, lo and behold, the power players don't want that. And that's what we're actually battling, I see. Yeah, the conditioning is plays a crucial role here. Totally. Even, you know, the meat heaven that is called the career line in astrology, it is on the axis with the IC. Mm. And IC represents our foundation, mm. where we're coming from, mm. the core beliefs th that we hold, what we see ourselves capable of. And yes, this paradigm that separates work and fun, work and pleasure, you cannot have both. This is the one that I see are being merged now. And this is a big part of, yeah, what I'm truly trying to embody in the way that I want to serve and contribute to the world. This thing that I keep bringing out everywhere is how the doing follows the being how even in the way that we work, how can we move from this doing towards more, well, how do I be? Because I believe that true success doesn't lie in more doing, but in being more of who we are, being in our alignment. So doing less with more intentionality, more pleasure, more creativity and play, connecting to that which makes us feel good. Yeah, and really tapping, I find it also this discernment is so important mm -hmm. because one of the big things, if I return a little bit back, we talked about, you know, drugs and this crazy lifestyle. And I see a lot of people, it's like you work, 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 work. And then you spend your weekends just getting fuck-faced, you know, on like beer or alcohol, drugs, whatever it may be. And this classical thing we think about with like these crazy people who work 80 hour weeks and then you know they take two week holidays somewhere amazing to spend their money and all of this stuff and to me the question that comes up is why do you have to numb yourself constantly you know if you stopped 
what would you actually learn about yourself? And this comes down to actually, you know, stopping and looking at what you're doing and just getting really honest. Is it aligned with who you are? Is it aligned with not who you are on the surface, but what you really deeply desire? Mm -hmm. So a lot of the time I see the problem that the system has created being that we are expected to work so much, which means you never actually have time and energy and resources to stop and look at what you're doing, which I think is behind so much that is going wrong in the world right now, because people just say, I can't. Like if I work and I get it, if you work 12 hour days, yes, you don't have the energy to do shadow work, look at your conditioning, even, you know, journal and get really real. At what is it? Yeah that you're actually doing. And this is something I think with this new paradigm coming as well, what we're going to see is there's going to be shorter working hours, right? Some countries are already starting that, like five-hour workdays. So people actually have time to get really honest about what what do they actually want. Yeah. I mean, the thing is that it's easier to be stuck with what is and be unhappy because this is what we're used to. This is our conditioned imprint than to actually, yeah, like you said, stop, tune in, listen, because then the this traditional structures uh, start crumbling down and waking up to the illusions that we've been feeding and living in for so long. It is bloody painful. It is. Um, and that is okay. It is. I heard. That is okay. <laughs> I heard such a good thing. I heard such a good thing the other day. I was like, the truth will set you free. But first, it will piss you off. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, and it's, <laughs> Love it. it's necessary. It's necessary. Totally. You know, anger is a marvelous activator once we know how to work with it. But also, you know, putting so much effort into things that we don't enjoy doing. Just imagine what you would be able to do with this energy if you put it into what you really enjoy. You know, how can we leave behind the things that we don't like and instead of get creative and channel this creative force into places that we really love? And that doesn't mean that, you know, we don't do what we feel like needs to be done. But recognizing how even the things that maybe don't bring us so much joy also support the bigger picture of where we're trying to move. You know, we can even see it as like a spiritual labor when we go like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to do this or I don't know how to do this to go and okay, but like, how is this still supporting me? How can I make this process more enjoyable? And also, how do you, how you do know how to do this? Because this, I don't know stuff, this is putting our, giving up our power you know where your power lies once you stop and tune in. I think we can both relate in the way that we do business. Not all of it feels good all the time, uh, but it is, I, I believe it's about showing up even in those feelings and knowing that it is okay to feel that way. And we also wouldn't be growing. Totally. I mean, there's, I think there's something that's really important to distinguish here. And this is aligned challenge. Mm-hmm and just forcing something for the sake of forcing it. And as you said, right, when you're doing something bigger, like creating your own business, this has many moving parts. And 
especially at the start, it's very unlikely that you will be able to outsource things because there may be things you really don't like and you may be able to outsource them later on and there's nothing wrong with that. But it's always keeping this bigger picture in mind of why it is that you're doing that. And there's very different energetics that comes with it, right? There's very different energetics that comes with, okay, I'm not a fan of this specific part of it, but I understand why I'm doing it. I understand how it helps me get there versus doing something which is just like, I'm just doing this because I feel like I'm supposed to do it, but it's actually not contributing. I don't know why I'm doing it. And where it leads, I don't actually want that. And the problem is when you're stuck in the second part that you just keep going, going, going with the same thing and never stopping and looking at it and not even giving yourself an opportunity to look for alternatives, right? A lot of people will say, I just can't leave this job because of X, Y, Z. And I'm like, yes. And have you actually looked? Have you actually explored the possibilities? Have you actually even considered what may be a different option, right? It doesn't mean you just have to drop everything and run, but opening your mind to the possibility of there being more. (laughs) And again, this is like a big part of getting out of these systems and changing them you have to tune in to what you want and then look for ways to actually get there otherwise there just genuinely is no way this will change yeah yeah Yeah, totally and you know this is where astrology really helped me because we have this inner drive right there is this energetic blueprint that allows us to move forward and what i see this to be is actually our desire (laughs) our desires being the ones that allow us to move further i feel like the universe is communicating with us through desire of where we want our life to kind of move And when my Capricorn friends say that they don't understand their Capricorn placements because they don't feel like they're ambitious, they are not greedy, you know, how (laughs) ambition Mm. is linked to greed. Mm. Oh, but then I cannot do that because it will mean well, well, well. No, I think for me, ambition manifests or is represented by this calling, by the drive to move towards our purpose and our, our dharma for me i i think ambition and desire are incredibly similar absolutely in their essence absolutely yeah i think ambition in a way expresses through desire exactly and you know desires are what i believe creates alignment and allow us to be of service and to have beautiful connections and adventures and to grow and it is not greed and grasping but flow listening cultivating trust to want more i believe is a part of our growth and evolution and as humans we are designed to always want more it's a part of our awakening technology so in a way um how can we follow these desires and allow ourselves to desire and allow these desires to expand us because desire, I believe, is a future announcing itself to us. So when we're connecting yeah. to what is the essence yeah. of what we want to do, the way we want to impact the world, how do we be this person you know, that can embody this desire? 
I totally agree with you about what you said with desire and that leading on path. I really think that, you know, it's one of the incredible possibilities that we have as humans is to actually sense into what's possible, right? We have this sensation of where the potential is and what we can achieve. And that doesn't need to be like a super specific thing, but it's just kind of like, this is the direction I want to go into. Mm -hmm. But I want to speak to this desire part. This really ties back into what we talked to at the beginning and in the entire Scorpio episode, if you haven't listened to, it's really important to know where these desires come from. And it's really important to know that they are actually yours mm -hmm. because if you, and how, how you will know is that a lot of the things, if you just desire money for the sake of money, if you just desire status for the sake of being accepted, it's really important to look into where these things are coming from mm -hmm. because there's nothing wrong with having money. There's nothing wrong with having status, but if that's the only thing that interests you, there's a high chance that you have some, subconscious patterns that need to be resolved and this is where this inner work comes into play and looking and getting really honest about who you are and getting really to know yourself like your true essence rather than being a byproduct of your early childhood conditioning absolutely yeah and that stretches both ways like for the way that we desire success money mm -hmm. wealth recognition fame and also to the other spectrum that i often see and i have experienced in myself which is this fear of success responsibility mm. and power because you mm. know on one hand the way that we have experienced or the way that power is portrayed is often through abuse of power exactly having power over something so yeah, you know, being aware of where is this coming from? Where are these urges? How are they serving me? And who are they trying to serve? Cultivating that inner power that is that rests in the trust, knowing that, you know, it is our heart that is leading the way. Yeah. And in this fear of success, I also see so many fearing, um, being afraid to take the space because it makes them feel like they are taking space from someone else. And here, you know, in an already saturated environment is what we are des designed to believe. It is, you know, about our unique energy and our own unique way of transmitting that will resonate with specific people. And it has a potential to make to open new doors of realization and growth for them. And this is where Dharma ties in, right? It is like yeah. our duty to express the gifts that we came in with. Yeah, and allow ourselves to shine and be recognized for for them. Your only job on this planet is to be yourself. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's really what it is, right? It's so simple. I mean, it's so hard, right? It's so hard to do that. But it's, as you said, each of us is unique. Like we, no two humans are the same on this planet. We all have our own energies, our own paths. And that's why you're here. <laughs> and it's the only, your only responsibilities to be fully and unconditionally and non-negotiably yeah. yourself. And then the rest will follow. Yeah, and the thing is that career is not inherent to human nature. However, a sense of direction, value, mm -hmm. purpose, meaning, this is at the core. Mm -hmm. 
to speak on what you just said, the Capricorn trait is also connected to responsibility, but the responsibility is not to stick to one path and do the work that is expected of you. It is responsibility to listen to yourself, to follow your heart, to tune into your purpose, yeah, to, to feel into your dharma, your soul's calling. And, you know, I haven't wrapped up the story of my <laughs> music career ending in, just before a corona hit, but it was definitely astrology that helped me open up to new possibilities that are out there. So, you know, there is this obsession in our um, society with getting successful before the age of 30. The most successful people are under still 30. Still time! Yeah, still time. <laughs> Fuck that, you know? It's so interesting that this 30 is the mark that everyone is like, oh, success. Because one of the biggest astrological events in our lives is the Saturn return. Saturn return, yeah. Happens around the age of 30. And the thing with Capricorn, however, is that it is sometimes seen as the late bloomer. Mm. It matures with mm. age. It grows into this capability, capacity. So the lower expressions here would be obsessing with where we are not and where other people are, this overthinking and comparison this, that sneaks in. Yeah. But the truth is, even with career that is governed by these Capricorn themes, it is a journey. It's not a straight line. And just like life keeps changing, circumstances change. It is truly about being curious about our path and allowing that to change too. There's a really, really beautiful exercise that everybody can do this with, about this. Is the, it's called the gap in the game. And especially if you're someone who's, you know, doing their own projects, business, something you're really involved with and passionate and with your soul, but it, it can be anything, is that we tend to focus on the gap, which is what, how much, you know, space, time, money is standing between where we are and where we are supposed to be, right? It's like our goal. And the moment you start doing this, you're just going to get really stressed out and anxious. And like, we all do it all the time, right? Bam, bam. Yeah, I mean, God, every day, right? It's a constant struggle because we're, we're taught like that. But the alternative is to like back at your path and see how much you've already done, how far you've already come. And then when you do this, I mean, you know, I really struggle with, this is also a big part, I feel, of this feminine, um, feminine-based business, but to allow yourself to celebrate your success. Yes. To allow yourself to stop and say, man, look, I'm doing really fucking well. And not because of the numbers, not because of the money, but look how mm -hmm. far I've come. Look how much I've learned. And this is something like looking back and just acknowledging. And whenever I do that, like, I'm so amazed with how much I've done, right? And I'm like, oh my God, like, mm -hmm. sure, I'm not where I want to be. But the truth is that goalpost never, it, it's never, there's no end game right? As you said, there's always room for expansion and there's this natural drive to become more. Yeah. So as long as you're stuck in this mindset of like, I'm just going to be focused on what I don't have, you're, you're not going to be, actually, you're not going to be happy yeah. in life. 
this is right? yeah and this this is exactly that difference between needing success and desiring the impact that you want to make when we are in the need the lack minds mindset we put a cap mm -hmm. on how much we can hold mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. and when we operate from the place of desire it creates an overflow we are fundamentally inherently okay we don't need any of that shit yet we are driven to live a legacy in this world to live an imprint coming from that deep rooted space in love <laughs> and you know this con there is a concept a technique there is a technique called dragon dreaming my therapist actually told me about it um, and it um draws upon the wisdom of Australian Aborigines. And there are four main pillars in this kind of like a project planning um, technique. One is about dreaming. So dreaming big, allowing yourself the, the visions to expand. Then is the planning space, the doing space phase. And equally important, what you mentioned, the celebrating phase. Exactly. And just how would our work change if every day after work we would truly take time to celebrate or even after every little task and i i feel like you know this work hard play hard paradigm that we kind of live in how about we play all the time and let the work happens in between you know yeah seriously i mean it's just you know to me it's been funny kind of seeing I was actually thinking about this this morning, looking at this pandemic, right? And what happens is that Germany is, I mean, insane with the rules anyway, at least that's my opinion. But the only thing people, let's say, that aren't vaccinated are allowed to do now is work, right? They will ban you from doing, you can't even go to retail stores. You can't go to any gym facilities. You can't do anything. So you are first banning all the play, right? It's like you're, and I'm not going to say whether or not I think this is right or wrong or whatever is happening. But here, really, the point of this is looking at the fact that we think this isn't important. We do not think that play actually matters. We don't think that activities in the free time actually matter. We don't think this is equally important as people working. And this is a huge problem. We think that this is something we can just take from people without serious consequences. And I think we're going to learn also through this pandemic how very, very wrong we are. And I think we already have learned that if we're willing to actually look at the numbers of other dimensions, not the COVID victims that are out there as a result of these lockdowns. Yeah. But this really shows where our culture is at. Yeah. What we value. And it's just work. I mean, it is a part of the culture. I think I truly, truly feel this feminine leadership rising and feminine oh, leadership. It's rising. It yes. doesn't mean that we're just ditching all of the existing structures. It means that mm. we are balancing out, going exactly. from the mind to into the heart, connect, creating from the heart, not only the intellect. And here it is truly about balancing this feminine masculine structures. The way that my coach puts it is like, she says, ask your inner feminine what would feel best and then allow your inner masculine to create and hold the structure around that. Yeah. The feminine principle in the work would be the flow, the creation, creativity. 
But in order for the feminine to express, we actually need to strengthen those masculine qualities that relate to the container and the direction of how we want our work to go. So it is not about ditching the feminine, the, the masculine. It yeah. is about going from these toxic patterns yeah. into a mature masculine energetic expression and again that doesn't have to do anything with gender it is about the energetic quality it is basically like yin and yang it's so good you're saying this because i remember um i was working with my practitioner a while ago and you know she was there doing past things on like my body and organ systems and like meridians and stuff and she's like yeah i mean you know you your masculine energy is like really strong, right? Your mind is really strong, all of this. And my first question was, how do I make it weaker? <laughs> and she looked at me, she was like, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing wrong with having strong masculine side. It's about making the other side yeah. stronger. You need to make your feminine side as strong as your masculine. And she was like, and then imagine the force that comes from that. It's not about weakening yourself in any way. And I was like, oh... It's integration exactly. and embodiment. Yeah. 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 And a part of this paradigm that I also see, you know, this discipline, that's also a, oh. an important Capricorn mm. <laughs> keyword. Discipline in the way that I now approach the things that I do, which, yeah, this transition from music industry into basically, yeah, being an astrology witch. <laughs> and doing energy work you know even in strengthening my own spiritual practices discipline did not work for mm -hmm. me for my feminine heart mm -hmm. so i turned towards devotion mm -hmm. as the new discipline mm -hmm. so to question myself what am i devoted to you know to cultivating this devotion to my alignment to my service to taking care of myself which is what makes me more powerful in this aligned heart-centered way so that you know the discipline is not when i'm burning out i need to stay a course mm -hmm. no it is filling up my cup and it's coming back to my alignment yeah Totally. I mean, this is, it's so good as well, right? And it can be really as simple as, for example, I have a habit of exercising every morning, right? Mm -hmm. But I don't follow an exercise regime. Mm -hmm. I know that my body needs movement, especially with how much we sit. I know that I need to move the fluids in my body, the fascia, the muscles, all of this, it's important for my well-being. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to force myself to do some crazy workouts and force myself to follow a specific, you know, plan that someone else writes for me. It means that I check in with my body and I'm like, yo, dude, you know, how are we feeling today? Like, what do we need to do? Are exactly. we doing some lifting? Are we doing just some stretching? Are we just going for a walk? What's happening? And this is exactly like bringing this part in a really allowing it becomes, I feel, progressively more and more subtle when you start, right? But bringing this feminine quality to more and more on like a moment-to-moment -moment basis, just really checking in with your body because that's where the truth lies. That's where your direction lies until we truly move into our bodies and align yeah. to the rhythms of our body, to the rhythms of nature. 
we can't really start moving forward. I really see this more and more as I'm looking at it as the first step, reconnecting with our bodies. And it can start, it's such a beautiful process when you actually start doing it because you learn so much about yourself. And I, I feel that's so beautiful body as the core of the business yeah yeah the one that carries us through and holds our intuition yeah and you know even though capricorn loves a long-term planning it is all about the long-term vision and commitment exactly what you said you know how do i wake up and ask myself well how do i want to serve today Mm. how do i want to show up today because this big picture future vision it can be a trap Mm -hmm. because this big envisioning can slow us down Mm because it gets overwhelming. So the deeper future vision, I still think is important, but how can we bring it into the now to shift the focus on today? Yeah. Yeah. Even like waking up or like getting to the desk and ask ourselves, what is that one thing we can do today? One, that will allow everything else to fall into place again from what i said before if we focus on what we love doing how the rest of the things follow yeah it's it's also with this long-term future it's another one of these such i find it such a delicate balance because also i sometimes struggle with this notion when they tell you that you should get super specific about things because the truth is you can get very rigid and things change and life changes And your long-term vision may change and you need to be adaptable and ready to change course. So what I find even more is focus on the perhaps vision that is larger than any individual event. You know, I know where the direction is. I know the orientation Mm -hmm. and I can constantly keep assessing, is this in line with my trajectory towards the final destination? But the final destination is not the number in my account, right? The final destination yeah. is not a title. The final destination is about realizing your full potential and serving the planet. And then you can keep yeah. asking on a moment-to-moment basis, is this aligned with this sort of vision? Because a lot of the time people get so specific about what exactly they want in terms of like super specific things. And then first of all, Life may start trying to get you off course because it's not for you and you won't even allow yourself to notice that. And you will just keep pushing and hitting your head against the wall and missing out on all of those amazing opportunities. And something that I've been really practicing also recently is you can have a desire and you place an intention because you think you know what you want. And it's kind of like in one hand, you hold it. And with the other hand, you're letting it go. And you're also realizing that the truth is you are not really in control of what is going to happen. Like we are being driven by life force in the universe and our lives. We are kind of tagging along really, right? To become, we are co-creating. We're not just creating ourselves. Exactly. And I feel that this is sometimes also an important thing to keep in mind that there is flexibility required. There is adaptability required. And to me, what the future vision is more and more of is really what I said before. How can I be 100% authentic to myself? How can I live from that place? And how, how can I use these gifts to serve others and serve the planet in a way that is also really satisfying to me? Because all of that can be happening simultaneously. You don't have to pick 
and choose. Exactly. You can be exactly as you are and have the things that you desire. Exactly. But also, you know, when you said about manifestation and setting specific uh, intentions out or whatever we would call them. Yeah, that's why this is where I see the fish goat of the Capricorn again. And it's truly, you know, on one, with one leg, tapping into the bigger picture, into the emotions, energetics of it. I personally work on the principle 90% energy, 10% practical. So the grounded action, making space, showing up for our vision, our purpose, our mission is important. But 90% of it for me happens in the energetics. And this is why even when manifesting, you know, we're going to be very limited when we try to be super specific about manifestations. Although we can also play with it. But it's more about how we want to feel. And also with the work that we do, with the careers that we are building, how do we want our work to make us feel? Mm. How can we create, how can we do the work and build a career that supports our lifestyle instead of making our lifestyle work for our career, you know? It's again, this principle, right, of expansion. And I feel that being successful in whatever career today requires you to contract. Right, it requires you to contract, and so, or rather, that's the system and what we've been told, right? Not the actual truth. Yeah. But it's the question: like, you need to take away all of those things. You need to sacrifice X, Y, Z in order to expand into this one direction. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, again, this actually goes against it, right? How can you expand in all the areas that you actually want to expand in? How do you create space? Because it's an integration. Because once you connect deeply to yourself, it comes from the core and then it becomes effortless. And that's another one of these feminine leadership points when our work becomes an effortless flow because we are resting in our inherent worth and in our, well, heart's desire and our purpose. And then we can make our work a worship That's another one that I'm really trying to embody, you know, making a ceremonial business even. So how can I worship with what I do? What do I want to worship or what with my work in the way that I contribute? And this is the lifestyle uh, connection too. Like what lifestyle do I want that is going to worship the devotion or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, truly tuning in on how we want our lives to look like, to feel like, most importantly. And here, we are now at the turn of the year, and a lot of people will come (laughs) up with New Year's resolutions or just like setting goals, even in your business. And for a long time, I was opposed to setting goals because I vibed with setting intentions more. But what I realized is that intentions and prayers rely on some kind of a luck factor. They have this maybe, hopefully, uh, taste to it. And so setting up goals or milestones, trajectories, there is no luck or wishing. It is a decision, a certainty. This is the responsibility part of the Capricorn energy too you know when intentions can have some kind of passivity to it 
but then goals and milestones encourage active creation, Mm -hmm. co-creation. They help us to keep moving because what is the ultimate goal anyway? There is no, the ultimate goal is in the being. That's why the focus is on the flow, on the energetics. And then the other hand of the goat is in the doing, the grounded actions, the milestones that support our visions. Yeah, I love this. Again, it's, I feel like you really come to it, you just start realizing it's all just finding balance with all of these things, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> and, it truly and is. Having the future vision and living in the now and being able to be flexible with it and at the same time committing to actually doing things, right? It's like it's continuous flow, adaptation, um, course correction. And it's such, a, it's such a beautiful dance with life when you really come to it. Yeah. I've, I've been really, this is what I'm really learning every day as well. So in astrology, there is a subcategory for career astrology, like some only do career astrology. And there are many points in the charts that can help us explore that. And it was definitely significant for me. Also, when I left my music career, which I loved, you know, it was a cool lifestyle, but it wasn't aligned with my truth anymore. Because I realized that this essence that drives me forward, it is infinite. (laughs) It is, it has this the energetic blueprint that I hold, it has millions of different possible manifestations. And it's up to us how we want to cultivate and work with that energy. And the truth is that what we said before, our heart's calling will have a hard time fitting into this capitalist structures. Mm. (laughs) So are we ready to expand on them? Oh boy, burn them down. No, I'm joking, I'm joking. I'm with you. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I'm like, yes, yes. I mean, we know that violence doesn't get us anywhere. But we are. We are. When we take responsibility for how we want to show up when, in the world, how we want to contribute, how we choose to impact the world, even just our little perceptions of the world. You know, this is how we are burning down those structures that just simply don't serve us anymore we are creating new traditions we are making revolution exactly (laughs) it is and it always starts with you right you gotta first it's kind of maybe instead of burning it down we can say we're setting it on fire to purify it ah i love that i love that beautiful yeah and you know to kind of bring this episode to a wrap up. Already? Right? (laughs) I don't even know how long we've been here for. This is the beginning of the end, you know? It takes some time for us. Three hours later. So guys. (laughs) Um, Yeah. What has truly helped me find this course of how can I move when there are so many ideas and the urge to create is endless and the visions that I hold feel overwhelming and my nervous system is not always able to hold them you know taking it one day at a time to wake up and ask myself how do I live my evolution today you know how do I be today how do I what do I need to do to embody more of myself life my growth and what will help yeah. me be embodied and aligned with my truth today? 
I vibe with that so much. It's really been returning to the present moment. It has been so much about that. Also, yes, devotion to things that are important to me, which is taking care of my body, taking care of myself so I can be, you know, of service to others in the peak performance stage, which is whatever you want. But it's also been really getting out of my mind and being present with things that are in front of me and getting also curious of what does life bring to me, you know, not forcing into having to do something, to create something, but also being just receptive to what is already happening. Yeah. Isn't that a part of the manifesting generator trade? Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any manifesting generators or generators, we have the urge to respond to life. Not the urge, not the urge. That's the strategy we should be using. Uh We're not meant to actually initiate new things. And this is the big thing, because if you look at how the system is structured, it's telling people, you should go out there and get it, which is the manifester vibe. And manifestors are actually 7% of people. Generators, which are meant to respond to what is coming into their aura, are 70%. Mm-hmm. So, but this also comes to me with just like receptivity and trust. You know, this comes with trust and surrender to the universe because you also trust and surrender that things will come your way. And as you said, that doesn't mean being passive. And the truth is, Generators and manifesting generators can't be passive because we love doing shit too much, right? But it's actually also allowing for things to come to you rather than feeling like you have to push and hit and move constantly like towards something that you're initiating. Yeah. Because and that's been actually hard, but um, it's been a very interesting experience. Yeah, because that's the thing. Life is constantly informing us. You know, life is constantly ushering information for us to breathe into but all of this expansion all of the abundance like you said it's in the now and Mm -hmm. you know we have to overcome this fear of failure or fear of success that resides in this Capricorn trait sometimes Um, because if if we don't try we will never be able to do it you know we the mastery comes from going for it being willing to fail is the only way to have success i mean as they say right you miss 100 of the shots you don't take (laughs) and it's totally true but i have to say yeah this fear of failure has been some of my shadow work that's been really big like holy shit um that's i think such a big part of conditioning as well and a problem for a lot of people why they aren't actually willing to act in their dreams. And they're like, I'm just going to stay here in this comfortable part because I know I can do it, even if I don't like it. Yeah. Because the fear of failure can be really overpowering. Yeah. And the truth is that the things that we fear the most is usually the biggest medicine that we can give. This is what astrology teaches us with Chiron, the asteroid mm-hmm. that is called the wounded healer, the biggest pain points that we hold are often the wells of the most powerful healing potential absolutely because if you want to access the other side of the spectrum right like whatever is on the other side of the spectrum that wound is only available to you once you've actually looked at the side that you don't like so i know that for me this part has been actually some shadow work i've been doing this morning has been let's say that i was 
trying to put on this persona that we talked about, right? And being serious and hardworking and all of that and not allowing myself these emotions. I didn't allow myself to be vulnerable. But what you sacrifice on the other side is freedom and joy and this pure expressivity. And this is the part that I've been realizing is like, if you don't allow yourself to be vulnerable and to allow yourself to fail, the other side is not accessible to you. No, I actually resonate with that, especially once you get to <laughs> lead your own business. Oh uh, I think a lot of people fall, myself included, into this trap of like, all of a sudden, we start to get, take ourselves so seriously. And it actually became a practice to drop back into the playfulness of it, into the yeah. joy of your creation of trying out different things making mistakes and you know having fun with them it is truly about the way you own the things that you do not the way not how you actually do it yeah it depends on what what the stakes are but you know what I mean yeah I mean for sure right and the truth is like when you start embarking on this kind of path with your own business the stakes are at some level high yeah right and they will appear high to you like your financial security it's not really there right let's be honest it's not the same as having a stable job Mm. and the truth is stakes are oftentimes not as high as our brains make them seem to Mm. right like our brains keep telling us oh you're gonna die if this doesn't succeed and the truth is no, I'm not going to die. Worst case scenario, like I go live with my mom for a month, you know, like actually. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there's also just this perspective to keep. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, these are deeply ingrained traits. So sometimes yeah. it will take some time. But oh, what we can start with, you know, like we kind of mentioned a few times throughout the episode is like, how can we celebrate this year that we have had how can we mm-hmm. celebrate and anchor in the gifts that it brought us into how far we've come tuning into the success and the mastery that is already here emotionally physically energetically spiritually and then looking back at 2021 because come on we guys we need to right <laughs> it is what felt good in our work, in our pursuits, what worked well, and what didn't feel good to, to kind of get the discernment. Yeah. And then from there, you know, what do we need, feel like we need to ask the spirit to bring us at the end of this year or the beginning of next year that will truly make us feel held and supported in our expansion? Because I see that this is often the biggest contraction trigger when we don't feel safe in our bodies to grow and expand. So it's easier to go to the old patterns. Absolutely. I mean, fear literally constricts your body, right? It's like on a physiological level. So this cultivating safety is super important. And actually, we come back full circle again. This is all about body right it's about grounding your nervous system in the now because a lot of the time we get scared not because of what's around us very few of us are actually threatened by anything in our immediate surroundings in the now but it's created by hyper focusing on future and what it may bring which really it's just a story you don't know what it's gonna bring yeah and so in this 
this beautiful Capricorn energy manner, how can we set ourselves up to be held, supported by our structures throughout 2022? <laughs> uh, another 4-4-ish year. Anyway, but yeah, how can we connect more to our bodies? How can we start asking life to bring to us what we desire on the energetic and emotional level and let that be our guide in the way that we want to show up so what kind of energy do we want to bring forth and who can help us with that you know um, yeah and i always like to select the word of the year that i want to play with mm, mm, i've done that exercise last year mm. what was yours Ha, I'm glad you ask. <laughs> Here, I would actually like to invite our listeners to go to our Instagram pages because we are soon doing live on my profile, I believe. Probably. Where we are going to discuss what the words we picked were and what are we picking for the next year. Mm. But yeah, just how to kind of see the word that we picked in the last year and how we were gifted by this energy, how it manifested, how this abundance, this whatever that you were calling in, how did it manifest in your life? Capricorn wants practical evidence, we said. Well, look for the evidence that are gonna support your growth, your evolution, that are gonna support the love that surrounds you. And then when picking up the new word, really feeling it into the body, mm -hmm. anchoring it and seeing how, in which ways you already live it. Because everything happens in the now. And I'm just reading a marvelous book called uh, The Quantum Warrior by John Kohi, Kohi, I don't know, The Quantum Warrior, where his big he can kind of combines manifestation with the quantum physics oh, the best it's beautiful yeah it's bridging the spirituality and science it's marvelous Man, i love me some quantum physics it's so good <laughs> <laughs> extra bonus episodes do i hear maybe in the live I, huh? man yes I'm, I'm up for that what i wanted to say is that even science proves that our brain our energetic, our energy is programmed for success. And we get to define what that means for us. What kind of success do we wish to experience? All of the concepts that we talked about today, you know, it is truly the time to tune in and find your definitions. Exactly. That's, that's really, I feel like this is what's going to be coming up over and over again with like all the topics, the paradigm we're shifting into. And that is the feminine leadership. Feminine leadership that calls upon feeling into what is true for you. Yeah, exactly. All right, you players out there, keep playing by your own rules. Fuck the system. <laughs> Honor your truth. Love yourself. Indulge into pleasure of life. <laughs> and keep experiencing the mastery of you and life thank you everyone we're stoked to be with you again soon and don't miss our live instagram live thing yeah. bye
Bye.